the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. With a cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church, for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, professor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight we come to part eight in our series regarding the uproar, the lawlessness, the violence and division and spiritual warfare plaguing our country today. Ever since the death of George Floyd by a racist police officer, Satan has taken this thing and has ignited it. He's ignited a war among those in American cities and people are looking for answers, but unfortunately, they're looking for these answers and solutions in all the wrong places. Well, tonight, Dr. Buckner will give us some solutions by getting to the root so that we can bear fruit. For we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed and lifted up and challenged by our program tonight. Well, uh, we've been doing this series, as Brother Gary has shared, on you got to get to the root in order to bear fruit. And, you know, when you look at the world today, the way it is uh, uh, being destroyed by people doing so many evil and wicked and uh, uh, sinful things, um, and they're letting their human nature just have its way. Doing what the book of Judges talks about in the Bible, uh, man is doing what is right in his own eyes. And this is a problem. This is a severe problem. And the root of the problem is a three-letter word, S-I-N, sin. And until we get to the root of the problem, we're never going to solve it. You can't solve the problem politically, sociologically. You can't solve the problem by uh, trying to be cute. You're going to have to solve this problem with a savior. See, the first S needs another S, and that is a savior. Only Jesus can save us and save you save our churches, save society, save the world, save our government, save those who are rioting, looting, destroying, and killing, and being violent in the streets. And, uh, and even some officers who are not uh, doing their duty right, they need to get saved too. They need to deal with the sin in their lives. 
So I want to say this uh, by way of introduction, because you know, we are talking about this series on a serious level. But get your pens and your paper and uh, your Bible, because we're going to go to Ruth chapter 1 in a little bit, and that's uh, right after Judges, so so you can prepare your hearts to get to that uh, while I'm uh, preparing to teach. Uh, let me say this by way of introduction. Going all the way back to heaven, where Lucifer was and the root of the problem started there with Lucifer. And the root of spite and bitterness started there with the enemy of our souls, who tempts tempt himself and tempt us today uh, with that three-letter word to sin. But it started off with uh, the root of bitterness in his heart, because he wanted to be like God, as it says in Isaiah chapter 14. And because he couldn't be like God, and God didn't allow that. There's only one God, my friend. I don't care if you believe that you are a follower of Mormonism or Hinduism, uh, the black Hebrew Israelites, the nation of Islam, and all these other cults and false religions. There's only one God. Hear, o Israel, the Lord our God is one. And then 1 Timothy 2 and 5, there's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And Isaiah made it very clear in Isaiah 43 that uh, before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. You just can't make it to Godhood. But Satan wanted to do that. And he's lying to the entire race. He lied to Eve in the Garden of Eden. Y'all eat of this fruit and you'll be uh, become a God. You become a, a God. See, the same old thing that he wanted in heaven and was denied, he played the same trick on Eve, and he's playing the same trick on so many people today. And uh, he went from heaven being bitter and angry with God, and we took some angels with him and caused them to be bitter and angry with God. You know, when, you know, Satan don't just work with one person to be bitter. <laughs> he always gets an army of people to be bitter and angry. And look at the world today. That's what's happening in the world today. Satan will take a group like uh, even some people involved with Black Lives Matter, make them angry, make them mean. Even with Atifa and Boogaloo and all these groups, get them angry, get them mad, get them bitter. There's nothing wrong with protests, but when you get to the point where you become bitter and angry and violent, that's against the word of God. God is against lawlessness. He's for law and order. And Satan, because he didn't want to follow law and order, he went from the heaven in rebellion, came to the earth, caused rebellion in the Garden of Eden, and tempted our foreparents with the same old lie, same old temptation, same old bitterness. See, you know, this bitterness starts with Satan, and he brings it to the human race. You better watch out. Better check yourself when you wreck yourself. And you know what? Satan doesn't always... Uh, develop new tricks. 
He just used old tricks. The old tricks have been the most successful tricks that he uses. And he's very successful with those old tricks that he put on two perfect people in the Garden of Eden. He says, well, if I can do that with two perfect people, I can do that with imperfect people. The question is this, how many people today in a chaotic world of violence, looting, vandalism, anger, hostility, revenge, doing things that are out of spite or bitterness to get back at others, to get back at some political party, to get back at America, to get back at some racist act that took place with the police, a racist police in our community. To get back at others is never solving anything in society. You need to remember that and not forget that. Getting back with others is never going to solve anything in your life and in the world. God says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. Oh, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. You need to uh, listen to this tonight. And if you are a bitter person, an angry person, you need to repent. But you need to get this CD and share it with some other people. Maybe it'll help them. Many people can play the blame game to get back at other people for their issues. Now, this blame game started way back in the Garden of Eden. You remember the enemy got in there, caused Eve, rather than taking the personal sin and being uh, personal admitted of that. She started, uh, Adam blamed God, the woman you gave to be with me, she gave me other fruit and I ate of it. Blame God, blame the woman, then God asked the woman, and you know, we use the old Flip Wilson cliche, the devil made me do it. She said, oh, the, you know, he gave it to me, the serpent and beguiled me and I did eat. Didn't take personal responsibility, nor did Adam. And that's what's happening today. When people get bitter and angry, they start to blame everybody else rather than taking on personal responsibility. See, that's the enemy at work right there. See, when you play the blame game and get back at other people for their issues, but the root issue and blame is really not the people. The people are not your enemy. Look at Satan. He got all these people fighting against each other, humanity. And Ephesians, if they knew anything about spiritual warfare, they would know Ephesians 6 and 12 said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, principalities, the powers, the rulers of darkness, the spiritual wickedness of heavenly places. They would understand spiritual warfare, and they would be fighting Satan and protesting against Satan rather than humanity. But Satan got people all twisted up, discombobulated. There's a lot of people into spiritual bipolarism. <laughs> That's so true. The root of the problem is not the people you are blaming. The root of the problem is a deep down anger towards God. <clears throat> You're bitter towards God. You know, because when you get bitter towards people, you're bitter towards God, and deep down inside, you know, Satan is bitter towards God, but he makes humanity, he goes through humanity and makes them bitter towards each other. But really, in essence, they're bitter towards God. They're angry with God. 
the root cause of your sin, like Satan. Uh, you are bitter towards God because he is holding back something from you, you think. <clears throat> You're mad at God because you believe he could have done something to stop something. Or you're mad at God because he allowed something to happen and God could have intervened or helped on behalf of you or somebody else. And, uh, and the real root problem is that God is holding back on me and he could have intervened. <clears throat> Two minutes. That's the issue. Because you're saying God is a sovereign God. Why don't he do something? And you're saying that he's all-powerful. Now, the fact that God is all-powerful and omnipotent, I did a sermon a long time ago entitled Things God Cannot Do. A shocked church when I went to the church preaching because they were shocked, mouths dropped. What do you mean God can't do something? Well, there are probably about anywhere between uh, 20 to 30 different things in the Bible God cannot do. One thing he can't do is sin. It tells in, in Habakkuk 1 and 13, Thou art pure eyes to behold, evil cannot look upon iniquity. Nothing God cannot do, Malachi 3. God cannot change. Another thing God cannot do is turn a deaf ear to a repentant sinner. There are a lot of things God cannot do, my friend. And when you start to think, well, God can do everything, you need to, uh, you know, you need to overlook that situation. You need to come back on that situation and change that. Let me give you a major example of the root of bitterness. The root of bitterness in the Bible. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Ruth. Ruth chapter 1, verse 20. One minute. And the book of Ruth is right after the book of Judges. And I'm going to open this up a little bit, and then I'll kind of develop it some more next time. We only got about a minute now. Let me just open this up. In Ruth chapter 1, let me break down to you the background story here. In Ruth chapter 1, verse 20, Naomi married a man by the name of Eli Melech. She gives birth to two sons. Her husband dies, and she was left with her two sons. The sons married, and about 10 years later, both sons died, and Naomi is devastated. And she becomes bitter and says to her mother-in-law in Ruth chapter 1, verse 20, do not do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. <laughs> Isn't that look at that? That's the word uh bitter there. And you know what? The the, the you know, she would be called by Naomi, which meant pleasant in Hebrew. She wanted to go by the name Mara, which means bitter. You know, there's a lot of people like that today. Uh, you know what? They just get bitter. And it's interesting here that it says that she got bitter towards the Almighty God. You know, the root problem, my friend, is that come, let's get clean. Let's get real with the issue. You're just mad with God. And you got to repent. Um, my challenge to you tonight is this get right with God, and you'll get right with your fellow man. And I want you to re repeat with me on this. Repeat with me after this now. Dear Lord, 
forgive me for being angry with you, for being bitter towards you, which causes me to be bitter towards my fellow man. I repent of that sin and help me to love you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and my neighbor as myself. And that will obliterate all of the hate and all the craziness, all the madness, all the drama, all the stuff that's going on in the world. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. Well, it's time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Maria Pastor, lecture counselor, professor and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. We believe prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. And speaking of prayer, we just want to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith over these many, many, many years. We know without your prayer support, this This ministry would not be on the air. It's that simple. We need your consistent prayers as well as your consistent partnership in giving because this is a listener-supported ministry. And we're happy to report that we are up to date as of today, but we still need you to be consistent in uh, your financial support so that we can continue to keep going, continue to keep ministering, continue to keep being a blessing here on these radio waves. So we want to encourage you. There's two ways that you can give. Uh, One is write a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon. Tiburon is spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. A second way is so much simpler. Just go online, get on your tablet, your laptop, your smartphone. Go to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button. It's that simple. You will be a blessing for time and eternity. Lives will be touched and changed as a result of your giving. So we want to encourage you tonight. If God has blessed you through this ministry, then be a blessing right back and partner with us financially. Dr. Buckner, ready to go to the callers? Yes, let's do that, Brother Gary. Sounds good. All right. First one up is uh, CC. How you doing, CC? Oh, I'm hanging in there. How you doing? Well, you tell you, we are blessed and highly favored in the Lord, and uh, we always look forward to uh, the program to preach and teach the Word and to uh, listen to the callers and your questions as well. We trust that you... Uh, got blessed by the teaching, and if there was one thing that really stood out, what was that to you? The one thing that really stood out is you said in the midst of midst of all of this that we need we need to savor Jesus. You know what I'm saying? That hit it right on the nose. I mean, it was it was other points, but that was like that was that was like a, a eye opener even more. I was like, yeah, that's that's the truth. And everybody, like you said, is. Um, looking for solutions, and the solutions they're looking for are, are carnal solutions. That's not going to lead to anything but death. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I tell you, you always give that good uh, feedback, and we appreciate uh, that very much. 
And uh, what's on your heart tonight, brother? You have a, a question? Yeah, I want to ask you about the doctrine of Pelagianism, because I just want to ask ask, ask your view on that, um, the doctrine of, of Pelagianism, and um, how much has that how much has that doctrine wide widespread to different places? I know since it's been since it's been a while since that doctrine came out, and so I know it's, it has spread it probably into the different denominations and different beliefs. And I just want to have your input on that since you are an expert in these things. Oh, very good. That's a that's a very good question. Uh, no, no. What? Uh, that's why you asked the question because you want to know that. And have you done any study on it yourself? Yeah, I've done some study on it, yeah. Uh-huh. What, what did you come up with? I'm curious to find out. What did you come up with when you studied it? And then I'll give you some input on it. What I came up with that um, is a guy named Pelagianism and, um, and um, a guy named Augustine. And they had two different views on salvation. And his view on salvation was that you can you can work to a state of perfection. And if you want to... You can. Uh, you don't even need. You know, and grace is not needed. If you if you want to get if you if, if you want to accept grace, you can accept it, but you don't need it. And if you want to walk away from the Christian faith, you you can walk away from the Christian faith, and your name will be blotted out of the Lamb's Book of Life. And it was like a this big big debate that was going on between him and uh, Augustine. You know, uh, I think it was in paperwork, whatever. And um, it also was a doctrine that crept into the. Catholic Church, uh, the doctrine of mortal sin, and um, it, yeah, it crept it crept in the church, and it was it, Catholic Church theology actually uh, went by that. Very good. You know, you you pretty much hit it on the nose. Uh, what you're saying, uh, sound like that's why I always like to ask people when they ask the question, what uh, uh, sparks them to ask the question, and how much research have they done. You pretty much uh, hit it on the nose. I would say this, just to add something to that, is that uh, I lean more towards uh, Augustine uh, because they ended up seeing uh, Pelagius, and that's how you say his name, Pelagius, uh, as a heretic because of those views that you brought out. And plus, you know, uh, dealing with the area of, uh, you know, original sin, uh, that uh, no such thing as that, and then getting to a state of uh, sinless perfection, you know, that also affected also the uh, Methodist Church under John Wesley. He was a great uh, Greek uh, scholar and a great man of God, but uh, the Methodist Church believes that today as well, that you can get to a state of uh, sinless perfection. But that contradicts First uh, John uh, chapter 1, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and we are a liar, and the truth is not in us. So John would know much more about this than Pelagius and even Augustine, because he he walked with Jesus. He was with Jesus. So, And it ended up being a thing where they ended up condemning uh, Pelagius in about 418 at the uh, at the Council of Carthage uh, and uh, for his heretical teaching. So uh, now there's a thing that I think we need to bring out that's important too uh, when we talk about original sin. Uh, the Catholic Church picked up that 
uh, uh, the the fact that when they were uh, holding to the view, but they kind of went to the direction that a person is born in sin, and that's why they uh, have to uh, a baby has to be sprinkled. I don't believe a, a baby, even though I believe that uh, we have a sinful nature, we're born in a world with a sinful nature, uh, we're not held accountable until the age of accountability, until we commit the sin. So a child is under the grace of God, and uh, Pelagius is trying to debunk the grace of God, but we are under the grace of God, uh, and a child is under the grace of God. Uh, so that's why Jesus says, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. So they're already the kingdom of God, and they are already uh, in his presence. So uh, if, he, if, if a child uh, dies, uh, whether they're sprinkled or not, uh, they're going to go in the presence of God. The sprinkling is not going to save them. It's the grace of God that saves them uh, because they're under the grace of God. So uh, you did some good research on this, and uh, I just say uh, kudos to you. Uh, the, did a, you did a great job. Don't have too much to add to what you're saying other than what I've added. Um, I really, I really appreciate that. Man, that means a lot coming from you because you, you're a very knowledgeable person. I, I appreciate that. Um, but you did give me a lot. You did, you, whether you say it or not, you gave me a lot of extra meat right now that I just got got down on top of that. So, and and you you said one thing I missed. You said he was he was um, condemned at the Council of what? Carthage. C A R C A R T H A G E. So you can look at that. He was condemned at the Council of Carthage, where they considered him as a heretic uh, in the fifth century. So uh, that's something you can look at as well. One other note, uh, you may want to look at Romans chapter 7, and where Paul says, I once was alive apart from the law. But when sin was uh, revived, I... Uh, died. So when was he alive apart from the law? It wasn't when he was a Pharisee because the law condemned him. And it wasn't when he was a Christian because he died to the to, died to the law. So the only time he was alive apart from the law was when he was a child. So he says, I once was alive apart from the law. But when sin was revealed and sprang up, I died. You know, so uh, you just can't hold a, uh, a baby accountable. And, you know, from an apologetic standpoint, when you think about the Canaanites, one other last point, think about the Canaanites, and you think about people say, how in the world could God just wipe out uh, a whole uh, country of people, the Canaanite, Jebusites, Parisites, and those who had no lights, all of these lights. And, uh, well, you know, God is looking after the children, uh, allowing them to be with him, taking them to be with him. And they were throwing the babies into the fires to the God mullet as sacrifice. So God sometimes will just allow the babies and children to go with, be with him so he, they don't have to come up in a corrupt uh, environment. So important for us to know. 
All right. Well, you you uh, always have some good ones, and that's a good one tonight. Uh, appreciate that, and keep studying it. Uh, but uh, don't have too much to add. You're a good student of uh, uh, studious student of the Bible. I appreciate you for that. Uh, you have any prayer requests so we can pray for you? Um, yes, if you can just pray again for my mother, Rosa Linda, and pray pray for my um, pray for my family, and then um, if you guys could just pray for me, you know, and um, you know, I got a lot of different issues going on. God know what they are, so I just and then just um, mm-hmm. lift them. Also okay, we'll have Brother Gary to uh, lift you up in uh, prayer. All right. All right. Lift, up Mike, lift, lift up Mike Tyson, too, because I know he's going to fight again, and he's a little bit up there in age now. I just want to, you know, pray that God will help him to use his skills and that he won't get hurt in there. Yeah, and pray for him also around wanting to uh, get into shark water and fight the sharks. Uh, oh. The sharks are definitely going to win. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, he's... Uh, What's the name of that show? Uh, there's a particular name of the show, uh, Shark uh, something. But he is a is a is a TV show that comes on, and uh, he's out there with professionals out there, and down in the water, uh, trying to punch the sharks and stuff like that. You know, you just can't win. Uh, he may win some some as old as he is in the ring, hopefully. But he's definitely not going to win out there trying to fight those sharks. Oh no, that's crazy! Yeah, yeah. he's not that. Old. He's not. He's not that. He's not that old, though, is he? You know, he's not. You know, but that's not. That's not. That's not. That's not wise to try to fight sharks. No, that's right. Well, he's yeah. done a lot of things that's not too wise, <laughs> like biting people, <laughs> people's ears off. Well, we better uh, pray. Man. Time is getting away from us here, Lord. We just pray. She bless his mother, Rosalinda. We pray for CC. You know the problems and the struggles that he's having right now, Lord God, and the issues that he's, he's facing, Lord God. We pray that you meet all of his needs. We lift up Mike Tyson as well, that you give him wisdom and help him to uh, make good decisions. And uh, most importantly, that he would know you, Lord God. So we thank you. We praise you. Give you glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, it's time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And so, once again, we we just want to thank all of you who have been praying for this ministry over the years. We can't thank you enough. We know that your prayers are vital to keeping us on the air. And so we thank you. And we also want to encourage you, not only, oh, not only to pray, but we also need your financial support as well, partnering with us in this ministry. It's so important because right now we are... Um, up to date, and we want to stay that way. It's so easy to slip behind, and next thing you know, a couple of weeks have passed, and very few folks have given. And last week, we only had four people to give, but we need more than that. We need everybody to step up to the plate, not only through their prayer support, but also through their financial giving to keep contending for the faith on the air. There's two ways that you can give. One is simply write a check or money order to contending for the faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. Post Office Box 553, 
Tiburon, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Just get on your smartphone, your laptop, your tablet. Go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button, and you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. All right, Dr. Buckner, ready to go to our next caller? Let's do that, Brother Gary. Okay, we got Brother Rick holding on line two. How you doing, Brother Rick? We're truly blessed. blessed. How are you doing? I am blessed. I got a, oh, got an, I got a three four question for you. Okay, what's what's Did on your mind? Institute the death penalty. That's the first part. The second part is, if so, what part of the scriptures does the uh, de- does the is the death penalty instituted? And then third, going to modern times, why do liberal societies such as California be done away with the death penalty? Okay, very good. Uh, appreciate those uh, three-point uh, questions uh, as well. Well, let me just uh, start off with your first question. Uh, does the Bible teach uh, uh, capital punishment? And yes, it does. And um, capital punishment was something uh, that was instituted uh, long before the Mosaic Law. A lot of people don't realize that, that read the Bible. Uh, because the Mosaic Law came along with Moses. Uh, but you go back to uh, Genesis 9 and 6. I'm just doing this by memory. Uh, God's made it very clear. Whosoever shed man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed, because he was created in the image of God. Uh, so you have the Bible teaching it, and that was a moral law, that hasn't changed. That that uh, uh, institution by God in Genesis 9 and 6 has not changed. But uh, capital punishment even started before Genesis 9 and 6. So you have uh, it even starting the first time. Very few uh, theologians uh, forget this. Uh, it started uh, even in Genesis uh, because... God simply told uh, Adam and Eve, if you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. I think it's wrong in Genesis 2 or something like that. You will surely die. And that was a capital universal death penalty. So you had it starting uh, in uh, Genesis, way back in the Garden of Eden, and all of us, they're going to die one day because that's a capital sentence that was put upon not only Adam and Eve, but the entire human race. That's why it tells us in Hebrews 9, uh, 27, I believe, it's pointing to man wants to die and after this the judgment. Why? Because, uh, because of Adam's sin. Uh, all of us are accountable because of that. Uh, in Adam, we all sin. That's what it talks about in uh, Romans and, and that we uh, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So you have the death penalty in the Garden of Eden instituted, continued in Genesis 9 and 6, and then the death penalty was done also with the flood, because when the whole human race was uh, destroyed except for Noah and his family, that was the death penalty there too in uh, 
And when they do a death penalty thing, water is something that they use, and uh, yet water was used first with God. And yet, when you get to the New Testament, a lot of people say, well, what about uh, uh, Jesus? Did Jesus ever teach the death penalty? Yes, because he taught uh, whosoever uh, lived by the sword shall be perished by the sword. They will be perished by it. And then uh, Romans 13 talks about, you know, that the minister of God beareth not the sword in vain. So that's the government, that God has given the government the right to execute. And it's interesting also, not only do you have Jesus saying, he that lived by the sword will perish by it, but if Jesus was against uh, the capital punishment, uh, he would have said something to those thieves on the cross and would have rebuked the, the Roman government uh, for that. Yeah, he would have re rebuked them for that. And that's uh, something very important for us to understand on the cross. They talked about their justice, their judgment was just, and Jesus never did rebuke that. So that's uh, that's uh, interesting right there uh, that we need to know and we need to be uh, aware of uh, in uh, our world today. Uh, so uh, when we understand that, uh, we'll uh, understand it from a true biblical uh, perspective. Now, what was the second question again? What was the second question? Why are liberal societies not applying what is yeah, biblical? Okay. Okay, yeah, why the liberal society does not uh, accept this thing? Well, let me say this. Uh, that was, uh, I heard in a, uh, in a, a guy with uh, some, some interesting authority uh, right before uh, you, you came uh, on, and I think that guy's name is Gary Bell. And Gary <laughs> Bell said uh, this, I know he's laughing. Gary Bell said, they're scared to death. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good answer right there. They're scared to death. But also, too, I want to add this, that um, they, uh, the liberal society believes they always use the word, this is barbaric, this is evil, this is ancient, this is something that they did back in uh, Old, Te Old Testament times and on and on and on and back in places where the uncivilized places were and people were doing stuff. So, but they don't realize that the things that uh, people are doing when they kill somebody is barbaric and wicked and evil. But it's it's not a matter of what the liberals say because the liberals uh, have been influenced by liberal judges. So you're not only talking about California being liberal uh, and they're one of the worst liberal states, but you got these liberal judges. The Bible really condemns uh, people not, uh, judges not executing justice. And we see that throughout uh, Psalms. Uh, a person could do a study on judges and Psalms, and God really shows a lot of anger towards uh, judges not executing justice. And so you got liberal judges you got liberal judges who have been influencing uh, liberal politicians, and the liberal politicians have influenced liberal professors in the universities and colleges, 
And so people are brainwashed with that type of thinking. That's why in a lot of the southern states and uh, Bible Belt states, they believe strong in capital punishment because they still haven't gotten away from the Bible. But when you have a liberal uh, judge, liberal politician, liberal governors and mayors, they pump that liberal uh, stance and it becomes a reality with so many people. So hopefully that hopes that, that answers some of your uh, questions and stuff like that. Uh, and hopefully that's giving you some good insight. I just I just had one little thought about it. What's so ironic about the liberal judges of today, they're the ones that are sympathetic with the uh, communist societies, which execute the death penalty ruthlessly. Yeah, to the yeah. Oh, yeah. And then they're sympathetic towards uh, the abortion thing, the murdering babies. Like... Abortion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, absolutely. Well, well, the thank you for, I mean, yeah. the Chinese have executed more people than anybody else. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Well, well, thank you for your question. You, you have any prayer requests? We're going to try to get to Jermaine. Uh, I'll save and, that for uh, another time. Okay, sounds good. Thank you for your, your question, and uh, we appreciate it. God bless. Okay, God bless. All right. All right, let's go to Jermaine, line three. Are you there, Jermaine? All right. How you doing? I'm pretty good. Oh, good, good. We're going to try to get to your question, and then we got one more brother uh, wanting some prayer before we end the program. And what's on your heart tonight? Well, I just wanted to talk uh, about denominations. I know when I say denominations, you know, is there anything wrong with listening to other denominations? I said because I've, I've heard more than a few people who are either dispensationalists versus reformers versus whatever, and they, they seem to almost have a cult-like view of things, like you can't even listen to certain preachers, and I, was, and I feel like I'm mature enough to where I can I can kind of pick, you know, who's actually preaching truth and uh, who's not. But And I don't mean like, like Jehovah's Witnesses or, or Mormons, people who call themselves Mormons, but, you know, just people who adhere to the tenet of, of Christ. Just I wanted to get your opinion if, if there's anything wrong in that from your view. Mm hmm. Yeah. So you 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 you're trying to uh, understand. I'm, I'm just trying to get a clear understanding. You're trying to really understand something in relationship to other groups and how do you be discerning towards them and and uh, the the dangers towards the cultic uh, mentality. Uh, yeah, because I've I've uh, had brothers, you know, who I love. And they may be dispensationalists, and, and they don't even want to hear. They, they consider anybody with any kind of reform theology to be almost like an, uh, an enemy, and I just don't take that view. I, I, I think I'm mature enough to, to uh, kind of pick and choose when someone's talking truth and, and then someone's sticking more to their, their religion. Yeah, well, you know, one of the things that uh, you may want to get my book on uh, you know, the essentials uh, of the historic Christian faith, because I break down, uh, you know, knowing the differences between the essentials and the non-essentials. And I think Augustine said this so eloquently, in the essentials, unity, in the non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity. 
So, you know, when you think about that, in the essentials, unity, non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity, which is love. So, in the non-essentials, when it comes to dispensationalism, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, you know, all these differences, uh, we are to show charity and love. And because you said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciple if you have love one towards another. So, we need to be discerning uh, towards false teachings, even if it's something that's in the area of non-essential. But in the essentials, a brother and a, another brother, a sister, they should be able to have fellowship around that, even though there are some differences in the non-essentials. But if they want to divide uh, over the non-essentials, then you know what? It's best to just uh, back up and fellowship with those who uh, have the same spirit and likeness and commonality in Christ, because we are called by God to be mature in our uh, theology and our differences. Three but if you get our caller, yeah. So anyway, hopefully that's helped out. Let's pick this up again. I'm going to uh, uh, develop this a moment. Get to the last caller, but let's develop talk about this some more. This is a good question. And I want to entertain it some more. So uh, call back again, and let's pick it up, and you may have something else to add to it. Okay. Appreciate the call. All right. Thank you. Brother Gary, let's try to get our last call in. Let's go to Alfred, 9-4. Brother Alfred, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Dr. Buckner. I'm oh, just calling in for some prayer. Oh, good. Well, what's on your heart for prayer? we got about a minute or so. Uh, we want to have some time to pray for you and pray for your need. What's on your heart? And thank you also for your ongoing support and your wonderful letters that you send and your tracts. We appreciate all that. And what's what's on your heart as far as your prayer request? Well, I, last week I did the coronavirus test, and the results came back negative. My mom took the test, and she came back negative. And my brother took the test, and he came back negative. And I would just like prayer for the three of us to protection from the uh, coronavirus. And I'll take my prayer off, off the air. Beautiful. We're, get, we're glad to hear about the, that it came, all three came back negative. Thank you for that praise report, and thank you for calling in. Well, Brother Gary, why don't you... Pray for uh, give a praise report and a, and a prayer around that, and then the prayer, and then we'll uh, close out. All right, sounds good, Lord. We just thank you for this wonderful praise report from Alfred that you protected all three of them, and we pray yeah. for their continuous pr protection from coronavirus. And Lord God, that you would give them peace, that that uh, you're with them, that you've got things well in hand. Lord, we just thank you for Alfred. Continue to give him. Your, your peace, strength, and comfort, and be with his family members as well. In Jesus' name. Well, we've come yeah. to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you, your letters and cards, or an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note. Let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. And please, please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again 
give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.